This is episode 100 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's articles are Why We Prepare and What Scares Me Most, Six Money Mistakes That Decrease Preppers' Survivability, and It's Getting Crazy Out There, Don't Be Distracted, an open letter to family and friends. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, before we get started, just a couple of things around uh, the internet. Uh, as I started, as I started the, the recording today, silver is down below sixteen dollars, of fifteen dollars and ninety six cents. Silver's at uh, $1,221.10. It's uh, That's crazy. Crazy prices there. Hey, on Twitter, uh, I don't know how many of y'all are on Twitter, but uh, the memes for CNN are absolutely hilarious. I don't know if you if you know this or not, or I mean, if you've been on social media, you've seen it, but uh, especially, you know, Twitter and Facebook. But uh, a couple of days back, uh, somebody did. Uh, so Donald Trump years and years ago did a thing on a, a scene on WWE or WWF or whatever, and uh, it, I mean crazy, right? So someone did uh, a thing where he uh, showed up and he's slamming the guy, but uh, they put the CNN logo on the guy that he's slamming. And so CNN got all upset about that and started going after the guy. Well, when the, whenever they went after the guy, uh, I mean, everybody <laughs> started trolling him. And it it's bad. Uh, I mean, they, they really, you know, for, for being journalists, they really screwed up. I mean, they should know, just let it lie, let it go, let people have their fun, and, you know, keep going and doing what you're doing. But they had to go after this guy, and so now there are all kinds of memes going all, going off all over the place. Uh, you know, so if you go to Twitter, it won't be too hard to uh, to find uh, some of those. I, I have uh, liked some of those on my Twitter feed, but they're all they're all over Facebook as well. Uh, if you want to have a good laugh, hey, around eight o'clock uh, Central Time, I got a notice on my. Uh, uh, on my Suspicious Observer app on my phone. Uh, if you've never heard of Suspicious Observer, he does a um, a, a quick video every single day. Um, it's usually it's usually about five minutes is the length, but really he the, the talking that he actually does is probably about two and a half three minutes, and he reports on solar and Earth and earthquake and uh, news and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, uh, I didn't realize it a while back. The uh, uh, I was watching one of his videos and he referred to the app, and I didn't realize he had an app, so I went and bought it because. Um, this guy, you know, when people start talking about earthquakes and, and Yellowstone and all that kind of stuff, and I think I've mentioned this here just recently, um, when when they start talking about all of that, uh, they they really, you know, it, it can kind of get sensational and people start freaking out. And uh, so I normally go over to him and he's he's very, you know, cool and calm about it, uh, but they're, they're pretty good about being able to uh, predict, you know, hey, this is like a... Uh, a good time for earthquakes to happen and all that kind of stuff and blah 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 and so uh, usually I'll go over there every I try to go over there every morning and watch it I'm going to link to it in episode 100 um, in, in the show notes so you can go check it out on YouTube but 
uh, and maybe bookmark it. I, I bookmark it and try to watch it every morning just to see what's going on. But uh, you know, he he talked a little bit about what was going on, and and for those of you in, in Montana and the surrounding area, I mean, you you're shaking with uh, I, I think it was a six point nine. And uh, actually, things have been going off today uh, all over the place. I know the Philippines had one earlier this uh, today, uh, showing up at 6.5 over at uh, earthquake.usgs.gov. And uh, if you're in Montana, you're having little, you know, little shakes. You're still getting like, uh, you know, 3.8, 3. 3.7. Uh, Peru, you know, has a 4.7. But anyway, so uh, the the app that I'm talking about sent out a um, uh, an alert and I think the app cost four dollars and ninety nine cents I think you can get it on iTunes and uh, the Play Store but uh, like I said 824 uh, it's showing up 824 my time so central time uh, that the global global earthquake watch is high and so they look at all the space news and uh, news coming from uh, the Sun and how that affects our earth and they're pretty accurate I mean it's it's pretty amazing how accurate they get so go check out uh, Suspicious Observer, and uh, hey, you guys over in Montana and uh, up there, man, you guys be careful. Um, you know, some people were like, hey, wondering, like, hey, Yellowstone was going off, and now this one in Montana, but uh, what uh, the guy over at Suspicious Observer, and I don't, I can't remember his name, um, he was saying, you know, this is, no, this is a normal one. It's like within the pattern, right? Within the pattern of how things work. Um, if they start having more, not these little aftershocks, but they start having uh, more and, and bigger ones, I guess, then then maybe there's something to worry about. So uh, go check out Suspicious Observer. Hey, before I get started, uh, if you'll just, if I just want to say, since this is episode 100, I did I did want to do a little bit of talking right at the very end. So if you'll hang with me just a little bit uh, at the end when I get to that last uh, article. I'd appreciate it. Just have a couple of words to say about episode 100. Um, our first article comes to us from newlifeonahomestead.com, and uh, Kendra over there, uh, you know, she does a, a lot of homesteading articles, but she also it does um, one, you know, preparedness as well. And so she hasn't. Uh, this one caught my eye recently. Uh, she hasn't done too much preparedness, but uh, she she put this one out there. So I think it's really good. I uh, wanted to share it with you today. All right, here we go. It's been a long time since I've talked much about emergency preparedness, not because the topic has become any less urgent. I just haven't had much time to write about everything I've been wanting to share. Also, let's face it, the phrase prepping has become somewhat taboo. People are afraid of being associated with preppers. They're afraid of being stereotyped as a crazy survivalist or an anti-government extremist. The media, even the alternative media, has done a good job of propagating this fear. I've met a lot of people who consider themselves preppers at events where I've taught canning classes, and I can tell you there are really good people out there in preparedness community. For the majority of us, being prepared is just good old-fashioned wisdom. It isn't about conspiracy or phobias. It's about being aware of what's going on in the world, being realistic about what life can throw at you, and being knowledgeable of history and what mankind is capable of. Friends, we're living in amazing times right now. Despite our ups and downs, we have more freedom, opportunities, and resources today than any people at any time in history. We're also living in dangerous times. A lot is going on in our country right now. A lot is going on with technology, the economy, and the world stage. 
It would be naive of us to assume that life as we know it will always be as it is now. Some of you are too busy to pay attention to what's going on in the world around you. Others would rather bury their heads in the social media networks and not think about it. It's too stressful, too scary, too much. Maybe you're happy or just not knowing. I've never been one to tuck tail and run. I'd much rather know what I need to be preparing for so that my family isn't caught off guard and and left vulnerable. Give it to me straight. Don't sugarcoat things. I need to know what to be planning for. Let me ask you this. If you were about to be laid off, wouldn't you want to know so that you could make the necessary preparations? If a tornado was coming through your area, wouldn't you want a warning so that you could find shelter? Of course you would. You wouldn't bury your head. You'd be proactive. Would it be scary? Sure. But you'd much rather be prepared for what was coming than stay in a happy little bubble of obliviousness. So how is it any different to be prepared for other emergencies? I'm not saying that you should live in fear or that the boogeyman is around every corner. Far from it. I am, however, advocating that you keep your eyes and ears open to what's happening around you and that you stay alert in every situation in life. I do a lot of reading. I read history and current events. I read about the Holocaust and stories from survivors. I consider the circumstances which led up to their captivity and what they did to survive. I I read autobiographies of North Korean defectors and survivors of Mao's cultural revolution. I read stories of genocide, guerrilla warfare, revolutions, economic hardships, famines, plagues, dictatorships, wilderness survivors, kidnapping survivors, pioneers, and settlers, sociological experiments, natural disasters, homelessness. Past and present, I try to glean whatever I can from the situations others have endured throughout history. I read of tragedies and triumphs. I read these things to have a better understanding of human behavior and historical outcomes. There's a lot to learn from the mistakes and the quick thinking of others. You've likely heard the famous quote from George Santayana, Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. There's a lot we can learn from history to be better prepared for the future. So what am I preparing for right now? With so many others talking about nuclear war, economic collapse, pandemics, terrorism, EMPs, and other threats to our very existence, you might be surprised by what's most pressing on my mind. As I've been trying to stay on top of the headlines, sorting through what's important and what's distracting, a common theme seems to have emerged, and it kind of scares me. Technology. The world is about to make a massive plunge into the digital age. Love it or hate it, we're in for some major changes, and it's happening rapidly. Technology is fast replacing the working man and will eventually reduce the workforce to bare minimum. Case in point, Amazon's new grab-and-go technology, have you seen it? It's already being tested in brick-and-mortar grocery stores across the U.S. It's actually a very appealing concept in our fast-paced tech-heavy culture. Analysts are saying this is the future of retail. Amazon estimates the only six to, only, that only 6 to 10 human employees will be needed to run an entire grocery store. So there is a link there that uh, Kendra has linked to so that you can go check that out. Um, and there, yeah, there is a link there. Uh, you can be sure that every major retailer will follow suit as the technology gains in popularity. When this happens, think of how many people in the retail industry will be out of a job. It will be catastrophic to the economy. What is our government doing to prepare for the predicted job losses on the horizon? 
there is a huge push right now for what they're calling universal basic income. It's supposed to help offset growing income inequality due to automation and the subsequent job losses. The idea is that every citizen with a social security number will be given a set amount of money every month, directly deposited into their bank account to help with them to help them with their basic living expenses, whether they work or not. It sounds lovely, but who is going to pay for this? I think we can all see how this is going to pan out. Higher taxes and more government intrusion. What worries me about the universal basic income? More than anything, I'm concerned about where it leads, not just economically, but what it means for our freedom as well. Tying it, tying it all of this to another massive push for change. Governments all over the world are talking about moving towards becoming a cashless society. India is already in the beginning phases of rolling it out, as are other countries. I just read this morning that even Swiss, Swiss churches and the homeless are now accepting digital donations via mobile phones as they go cashless. And there's a Bloomberg article that she links to. When this happens, governments will call in cash bills to be deposited into banks and exchanged into digital currencies. Your cash would be worthless after the deadline. This is exactly what India just did. People were lining up for days to get their money to the bank before it was devalued. By the way, I find it interesting that the U.S. helped fund the push for India becoming cashless. There's a link for that as well. You can be sure we're studying the effects of demonetization there. India didn't come out and tell its people that they were going cashless. The government told the people that they would be exchanging their old currency for the new currency to help fight against counterfeiting in the black market. But when people turned their money into the banks, the government didn't make enough of the new currency available, leaving people without any means of buying goods and services. Without enough physical cash to go around, everyone was essentially forced to use and accept digital forms of payment. In a cashless society, stores will no longer accept cash money as payment. Everything bought or sold would be through a digital payment, such as a debt or credit card, smartphone, or cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. We will no longer be able to buy or sell without every single transaction we make being traceable and taxable. Down to the kids' lemonade stand on the corner. All of our money will be in digital form all of it completely susceptible to hackers or the whims of government or EMP. So what will your future look like when these changes are implemented? Will you lose your job to technology and be dependent upon the government's monthly deposit of UBI? Will you be forced to spend that money on what the government deems acceptable? I guess my ultimate question to you is this. Are you setting yourself up right now to be debt-free and self-sufficient so that you won't be trapped into a system that you might not want to depend on? If not, then it might be time to take a long, hard look at your situation and figure out what you can be doing right now to brace yourself for what's coming. Maybe you, you don't mind the idea of somebody else being able to control how much money you have access to and how you're allowed to spend it. Call me crazy, but I'm betting the majority of you wouldn't be too fond of such a system. There's so much more I'd like to share with you, so much more on my mind that I feel a responsibility to share, but don't just take my word for it. Please do your own research and consider the implications of what is to come and how it will affect you personally. Look up the universal basic income, Amazon's ghost stores, cashless society, and how technology will replace jobs in the near future. Watch YouTube videos, do online searches, research and inform yourself of what things may look like in the near future. This isn't conspiracy theory. This is fact. 
Technology is moving at an increasing, incredibly rapid pace. If you don't keep up with what's going on, you're going to be caught off guard. So, um, wow, there you go. There's 26 comments here. And uh, Kendra does a real good job of responding to all the comments there if you're interested in that. Uh, but uh, a lot of, lot of information and something to think about here. Uh, I, I'm really uh, glad that Kendra does all that research and all that thing, all, all that, uh, uh, you know, all that reading, man. I mean, she's she's uh, widely read. She's not just doing the homesteading thing, although she's got some great homesteading articles over there. Uh, and I recently, well, probably wasn't recently. Uh, I know uh, I talked about her freezer that she converted into a refrigerator and uh, I linked to that in one of the one of the the episodes in the in the show notes and uh, so you know that's one thing that they because they live completely off grid and uh, they've got solar and all that kind of stuff but uh, very very interesting you know Martin Armstrong uh, from Armstrong Economics has been saying this a lot uh, and he's been saying that you know the they're going to a cashless society that they'll say that governments will say that they're doing it to stop counterfeit, just like India said uh, that they're doing it to make sure that terrorism can't can't get funded and blah 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 and all that kind of stuff. But um, the reality of it is is that governments are strapped for cash, and so they're doing it to make sure that they can tax everything and they can track everything. And so if it's in a digital form, they're going to track it. Uh, there's a couple of things here that I, I just wanted to say. Number one, um, there is uh, there's that book by Michael Snyder, uh, that fictional account, uh, the, his novel that he wrote. And in it, there is like, uh, I can't remember how it goes. I don't know if it's an EMP or just the grid goes down, or if it's a virus or cyber attack or whatever. But it, it wipes out all the banks. And uh, one of the things that the banks, uh, you know, if you were completely digital, then they couldn't, uh, you couldn't say how much money you had in there. So it's like they, they uh, they're... Uh, in the in the book, of course, this is a fictional account. We're saying that they were completely, you know, they had no records. All their records were wiped out, and the only people that were able to get any kind of funds or any kind of money is people who had hard copies of their monthly uh, statements. So, if you are completely digital, you might every once in a while want to print out, uh, you know, every month might want to print out your monthly statements. And uh, if you have the option to get monthly statements sent to you, you still might want to get those sent to you so that you have those. So they just come automatically. So you always have that uh, there. The other thing uh, that uh, I wanted to talk about, because she talked about the AI and what was going on with uh, with Amazon, uh, American Preppers uh, on their Facebook page posted a video um, a couple of days ago, maybe one or two days ago, uh, citing a study that they found that um, robots, even if they weren't programmed, uh, when when whatever they were doing, when there was enough of it, when there was enough resources to go around, they worked together. They were good. They were you know they did what they were supposed to do, but when resources were scarce, they started to become violent towards one another. And, uh, you know, this, uh, the AI part of it, uh, you know, this, so they equipped all these AIs and it was a computer program, but they equipped them and they programmed them and they, they equipped them with lasers. 
So when, when all the resources, let's just say you're picking apples, right? So if there's plenty of apples, everything is fine. They're picking their apples, they're doing what they need to do. But if there is a small amount of apples, well, then they started to become aggressive with each other and shoot each other and stuff. And so that's, it's like Terminator, man, you know? Um, so anyway, uh, if you are, uh, if you're friends with, uh, the American, American preppers, uh, on Facebook, you can go check out that video. Uh, I'll try to find it and, and, and link to it, but if not, you know, go, go check them out. But there's a great article here by Kendra over at new life on a homestead. So go check it out. She linked to some, uh, to all these articles. So you'll want to, you'll want to be able to click on those. And like she said, do your own research and see where you are. We always talk about becoming more self-reliant and, you know, t- making sure that the systems that you are plugged into you start to you know wean yourself off of off of them as much as possible it's hard we're completely plugged in you know all the way along there are some people that have done it some people that have done it successfully um, but it takes time and you got to wean yourself off to become more self-reliant and being able to uh, to uh, not depend uh, like I say on the government grid or the grind all right, moving on to the next article. It comes to us from smartpreppergear.com. This article is six money is called Six Money Mistakes That Decrease Prepper Survivability. I think when we talk about systems and we talk about plugged in, I think money and debt and, and all of that, I think that's a that's a big deal. And so I think one of the things that preppers can do, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why when you go through the free e course um, that when you sign up for the face when you sign up for the email list, you get automatically enrolled into this free e-course. And I talk about finances because finances to preparedness is one of the most important things. And so uh, this article touches a little bit on that, and hopefully it will inspire you to um, to look at your finances. And uh, we, you know we'll we'll go from there. Some other things here that are good. So smartpreppergear.com. Six money mistakes that decrease prepper survivability. Let's go ahead and go with this. Money makes the world go round. Money, answer all, answer, money answers all things. Those were quotes. These are common sayings that describe the power and influence that money has in this world. Being that money is so important, many of us lack the attention to detail that it deserves. We quickly spend it almost as fast as we get it. Others spend more than they actually receive. Then finally, there are those that just cannot earn enough of it. Unfortunately, there are people who are affected by handicaps and illnesses that prevent them from earning enough money. However, many of us improperly spend. This is only to our detriment as a prepper if a collapse scenario was to ever happen. Yes, having survival skills, among other things, is necessary in order to survive a true collapse scenario. But it still takes money to build knowledge and develop those skills effectively. We could sit at home in our basement with glow faces as we watch YouTube all day, learning as much as we can. However, when it comes to building skills, knowledge has to be put into practice. This is why it is important for preppers to wisely spend their money. I believe that many of us are making mistakes unknowingly. Most of the time, it's not intentional. So I wanted to share my opinions on the most common money mistakes that decrease preppers' survivability. Number one, getting caught up in the fads. Prepper Facebook groups and forums are, are full of posts that, from people sharing their bug out bags and kick A gear. We like to share with our friends and family the sweet piece of gear that we have attained. It, it has really become a trend. Don't get me wrong, I like to have some bad A looking gear. However, that shouldn't be our focus. Our focus should be to attain items that serve a purpose in helping us survive. 
Otherwise, we can be spending money on gear that we don't need only to catch the envy of someone else. Then, when SHTF, you will be muttering to yourself that you should have spent your money on something else. 2. Buying the wrong gear and supplies. This goes in conjunction with the previous mistake. Too many times we purchase gear and supplies for threats that are not likely or severe. We don't make these purchases according to a strategic preparedness plan. Sadly, many of us not, do not have a preparedness plan to base their purchases, so we tend to wing it. We purchase items we can get when we see them, and as a result, we become partially prepared in many areas instead of fully prepared in the important areas. And that's a, that's a great statement right there, and he has it in bold. I'm going to read that again. As a result, we become partially prepared in many areas instead of fully prepared in the important areas. Not only should we be purchasing items according to a strategic plan, but we need to focus on quality. It is important to do research before making a purchase. Otherwise, we could be spending money on a piece of junk instead on something that, we have truly assist, that would have truly assisted in a collapse scenario. The great thing about technology is that information about items is readily available. We've always become social. We've, we've, we've also become social about purchases. We like to share experiences with particular items online. This is especially true when we buy a piece of junk and want to make sure the company feels our wrath over the internet. This is why I try to do reviews on gear and supply that I actually use and would recommend. This in hopes that it will help the preparedness community by making informed purchasing decisions. Typically, when I buy something on sites like Amazon, I look for products with an average of four stars. They also need to have a few hundred reviews from customers. This will help you to ensure that you are not wasting money on items that are not helpful. And that's a good, uh, a good practice to have when you're on Amazon looking for those big, uh, those, you know, those, a lot of stars, at least four stars, and uh, a lot of reviews. Number three, not developing and sticking to a budget. Many of us find ourselves in debt because we are quick to buy the newest and nicest thing. Then we stress ourselves out trying to pay our weekly bills. Today's survival should be much more important than surviving a future event that might not ever happen. We need to strive to get our expenses under 80% of income. This will give a cushion to save and be prepared for any expensive emergency. If we live from paycheck to paycheck, then we are only placing ourselves at a disadvantage in our preparedness plan. How to get your expenses under 80%? Understanding debt. It is our nature to want the newest and nicest things. We feel the sense of entitlement because of all the hard work that has been put in. This type of thinking influences us to buy things we can't afford. Sometimes it even influences us to get into loans. At that point, we are just working to pay bills. We don't get a chance to truly enjoy the fruit of the, our labor. Instead, stress becomes overwhelming on a day-to-day -day basis, not knowing how to pay the next bill. There is a saying that the borrower is servant to the lender. By going into debt, we put ourselves into financial bondage. The alternative is to strive to become self-sufficient. We shouldn't be dependent upon working the rest of our lives to make someone else rich. Therefore, we need to identify ways to get us 80% to ways to get us 80% in expenses. The biggest challenges for most of us are credit cards, school loans, and car payments. Debt Debt is one of the biggest threats that we are facing in this fiat currency. The fiat currency only thrives off of debt. It drives the economy. This leaves millions of people in debt living only to pay their debts. However, rich people don't use debt. 
they used cash to pay for everything. In earlier times, if you had to take out a loan, you were considered scum. Nowadays, it is considered weird if you don't. Paying off debt. So when it comes to debt, you don't need to finance an $80,000 truck. This is especially true if you are only making $30,000 per year. Instead, you should consider buying a used or new truck with cash. I know it's hard to keep up with the Joneses who have the, the bad A truck next door. You don't want to be seen coming home in your beater, but at least this will help you get from point A to point B safely without constantly worrying about debt. When paying off debt, you need to use what is called the snowball effect. List out all of your debt and arrange them from the smallest debt to the highest. Write out how much you pay per month. Then, after putting together a budget, you can use your discretionary spending to pay off the smallest debt first. Once that is paid off, then you focus on the next debt. This will help you to quickly pay off debt and build momentum. Downsizing. Downsizing is another great method to consider when trying to get expenses under 80% of income. For example, it wouldn't be wise to be spending $600 per month on a jacked up truck while only making $30,000 per year. Dave Ramsey, the author of Total Money Makeover, recommends that the budget for transportation should only be about 10-15% to 15 of a budget. In order to track expenses, a budget is, nece is necessary. This can be typically done by writing monthly expenses on a spreadsheet. A great free tool that I use is Mint.com. It can be done all online. This tool also gives you advice on how to budget better and invest. Control Spending the biggest enemy to budgeting is impulse buying. This is especially challenging online when we see awesome deals for sweet prepper gear. At the blink of an eye, it can be bought. Sometimes payment information doesn't even have to be entered in if it is saved in Amazon. In order to avoid impulse spending, we should allocate money to expenses immediately after getting paid. Bills should be paid immediately even if it isn't the due date. This will reduce the temptation to spend the money on something else. Another way to combat impulse buying is by leaving credit debt cards at home when we go out. This is especially challenging to me when I go to the gun store. As soon as I walk in, I feel like a kid in a candy shop. So before going to the gun store, I only take the money needed to buy what I have planned. For the most part, I don't go to the store without a plan on what I want to buy. You may like the window shop, but I don't trust myself enough to do that. Number four, making purchases out of fear. Unfortunately, the preparedness movement has been invaded by babbling, fear-mongering baboons. Their only intentions are to get rich off of the fears of others. You will sometimes hear wacko radio hosts and websites proclaim that the collapse is here. They proclaim in order to survive the collapse, you will need to buy their product. This is only designed to entice you to make a quick purchase without thinking. Purchasing decisions shouldn't be based out of fear. They should be strategic by, bashing them, by basing them on a preparedness plan built upon a threat assessment. Without conducting a threat assessment, it is impossible to get a clear idea of realistic and severe threats. Threat assessments not only help to identify threats, but to prioritize your preparedness plan around them. In the strategic prepper, I explain how to con conduct a threat assessment so that you can prioritize your preparedness plan. Number five. Neglecting to spend money on training. Gear and supplies will not save you during a collapse scenario. Your knowledge and skills will. You can have tons of gears and supplies stored up but become useless if it is destroyed or stolen. This is why it is much more important to gain knowledge and develop skills now. In a collapse, it will be important to know the basics of gathering and hunting food and water. The next important thing to, 
is to be able to safely prepare the food and water for consumption. Otherwise, you are just digging your own grave. There are many other skills that are important to know, not only for your own survival, but also bringing value to a survival group. A survival group is going to place more importance on someone with knowledge and skills than on someone who just has a lot of stuff with no knowledge or skills. The more valuable person is the more options they receive. Not only are skills important to develop for a potential collapse scenario, but also for everyday situations. For example, what is the purpose of having a whole artillery if you don't know how to properly use them? Being able to properly defend yourself and others is important as we live in a crazy world. Contrary to popular belief, developing skills can't be done by being glued to YouTube all night. It may be, in, it may be helpful in increasing knowledge. However, skills are only developed when knowledge is put into practice. So this means getting up to go to the gun range, self-defense training, survival courses, etc. Getting training from others may be expensive, but how much is a life worth? To me, it's priceless. Number six, relying solely on fiat currency. There has never been a fiat currency in history that has survived. Even the great Roman Empire collapsed because of their fiat currency. The Roman Empire began diluting silver and gold coins by adding other elements to them. However, they would still assign the same value to them. This caused merchants to charge higher prices because the value of the currency decreased. The same thing is happening today. It used to be that the U.S. dollar was backed by the gold standard. That ended many years ago. Now the government just prints money and assigns a value to it. U.S. coins used to have a real value associated with it. Many of the coins produced before 1965 would have 90% or more silver in them. Now most of them have less than 40% silver content. So, And I'm, I even think that it's less than that. I'm not 100% sure. Um, maybe somebody can correct me on that. Uh, so the value of the currency has decreased. What you were able to buy with a dollar a few years ago can no longer buy you the same item. This ties in with inflation. As that moment of, at the moment of this writing, the U.S. is more than $90 trillion in debt. Realistically, this cannot continue. It will eventually crash and become worthless just like what happened in Rome. One way to safeguard against an economic collapse, collapse is by investing in precious metals, especially silver. The value of silver has remained consistent with inflation. In fact, when trouble with the fiat currency rises, then the value of silver increases. This is one of many great reasons why preppers should invest in silver. When the dollar inevitably becomes worthless, merchants will only accept currency that contains real value. Initially, they will accept junk silver and then eventually minted bullion, so this is an important factor of the budget that should be considered. I recommend purchasing at least $20 worth of bullion each week. This is, this, this is until it is affordable to purchase more. Realistically, you will want to eventually have six months worth of expenses saved in precious metals. That way, if an economic collapse happens, then you are able to survive until able to grow and raise food. There are many bullion dealers out there, but I recommend SD Bullion. You can read this article on why. Altogether, this would be my opinion on money mistakes that decreases prepper survivability. Feel free to leave your feedback or suggestions below. Your feedback helps the community prepare the smart way now so that we can thrive later. Okay, so a lot of good information on uh, money and things that you should be doing. On the silver, um, yeah, I, I'm, again, the 40% of silver, I, I, don't, I mean, I just... I don't want to say for sure, but I just I think that's that's a wrong percentage. Um, I might be wrong there. I'm not an expert on all of that. 
Uh, remember that silver is going to be a hedge against inflation, or uh, yeah, a hedge against inflation. Uh, and so uh, you got to remember that. There's some people out there who think that they're going to have precious metals, and they're going to um, they're going to uh, get rich. You know, when, when the collapse happens, they're they're all of a sudden they're going to be rich because they have silver, and uh, that's not necessarily true. From from you know looking at and reading history and things like that, um, you will have value. It's a store of value. It is a, a hedge against the inflation, but it's a store of value is what it is. Um, but uh, like we read uh, just or just just this week with Selco, um, it got to a point where they were using you know local money, and then they went to using dollars and um, uh, German marks, and then they went to just bartering for things that they really truly needed and had value. Uh, so it could be in a situation where people are like, man, I don't want silver. I want something that actually has value. If you really were in a collapse situation, um, and so th- but then so silver has. The percentage of, or the, the percentage of silver that when it comes out of the ground, versus how much it costs, you know, gold is is a little bit higher, but silver there's a lot of room for for uh, silver to increase in value. Um, so that's why a lot of preppers talk about silver. It's cheaper. You can buy it in small amounts. You can buy it in many different ways. You can buy it in junk silver. You can buy it in in, in minted. Uh, uh, minted uh, rounds and minted flats. You can buy it in, um, in you know, like American silver, you know, eagles and stuff like that. So there's many, many different ways to buy it. Um, the problem with it is that you know you will, you can acquire a lot of it really, really quick. I remember listening to Fernando Aguirre one time in one of his videos talking about you know when you're traveling, you want to travel light. You want to be able to have gold. Uh, you know, gold is worth so much more, and you can uh, you can hide it a lot more easily than you know you can hide fifteen hundred dollars worth of gold a lot easier than you can hide fifteen hundred dollars worth of silver, right? So there's pluses and minuses to it all. Should you have silver? Should you have some gold? Should you have some precious metals? Uh, yeah, you should if you have everything else taken care of, right? Uh, if you have food and you have water and you have all your other basic needs met, if you're paying your bills, if you're doing those kinds of things, yeah, put a little, if you have a, a savings, uh, an emergency fund with regular money, uh, you know, y- y- yeah, and then go ahead and put a little bit of money into silver and start adding to it. And, and like, like I said, uh, you can, and like the article said, you can add a little bit at a time. You don't have to make big, big purchases. You know, uh, if you buy an ounce of sil- an ounce of gold, it's gonna, you know, it's it's gonna be pretty. Uh, uh, you know, it, it might be a big chunk out of your your monthly expenses, but buying an ounce of silver wouldn't be. You know, it could be easily twenty, twenty five, twenty six bucks. Uh, if you're buying eagles, so uh, you know something there. But I, I think everyone should be getting out of debt. You should be watching what you spend. I love what he says here about the uh, the threat assessment. Um, I love the 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 quote here, uh, or not the quote, but I, I know that I uh, I read it twice, uh, where we become partially prepared in many areas and but not fully prepared in the important ones. I love that because I think that's a lot of people and especially I think that's a lot of new preppers as well because you are in that dazed kind of uh kind of uh mode. 
uh, and uh, you know you're like, what do I do? And so you start buying stuff because you think that's that's the answer. And and really it is, you know, from what you hear from the people that are are writing and the articles out there is like you you've got to have a plan. I have seen firsthand. Uh, people, you know, this, this bug out bag thing, like he was talking about is like, Hey, I'm new to preparedness. You know, what do I get first? And then people are like, you need to get a bug out bag. And I'm like, no, I think I mentioned that too, but no, you don't need a bug out bag first. You know, you first, you need to sit down take a deep breath and you need to look at your situation. You know, you need to make a plan, but, um, that's just the way that's just the way it is. Some people out there, you know, they, they go straight to the bug out bags and guns and want to go that way. So that's smartpreppergear.com, and you can go check that out. And he is also promoting his book. Uh, well, he's promoted a couple of different things. Uh, you know, Total Money Makeover, uh, you can link to mint.com for the budget. And then he also uh, also promoted his book, The Strategic Prepper, that you can go over to Amazon and check that out. All right, so... Uh, on Fridays, I try to go to the archives and bring out an article from the past. And so I, um, I don't know, so something in me just kind of uh, had me going to one of my old articles uh, that was entitled An Open Letter. And so um, I wrote this article when I first started Prepper website and had it posted there. It got a lot of traction, and then later on, I read, I reposted it and um, added added to it. And so, uh, as I saw things kind of getting crazy, I, I re, re, reposted it. So actually, so the repost of this is actually two years old. My first, uh, the first writing of it was in 2011, and uh, so I really my intention was to write it. Uh, and make it available for people to go ahead and share it with you know family and friends, whether it was they're going to print it out and uh, give it to them in, like in a letter form or if they were going to share it out there in social media. And uh, you know just after after saying this, I'm probably I'm gonna share I'm gonna go share it out on social media on my on my own Facebook page. I normally don't post stuff on on uh, social media I, I normally stay with my um just with the spiritual aspect of things uh you know on my personal personal social media but i'm going to go ahead and, and repost this one again so hopefully i do have some family and friends who will uh who will do that and will and will listen to it so uh let's go ahead and get into this one again coming from edthatmatters.com the title is an open letter to family and friends i first pinned this letter in december 2011 Back then, I was very concerned about our world and the direction that I saw it going. The signs have been there for a while. For those paying attention, looking, researching, and reading, you could easily find a myriad of problems that point to how fragile our world, country, state is. But now the problems are glaring and in your face. You really have to be Mary Poppins to think there isn't something wrong. From our economy to terrorism to natural disasters to deadly viruses, crime and more, you can easily and you can easily find reasons to be concerned for yourself and your family. The thing is, many of the problems that can arise because of these issues can be mitigated if you just put a little effort into being prepared. Many of you won't though because you are too distracted with living the dream and having fun or you just are irresponsible. Responsibility is a problem in today's world. We, are all, we all want the government or some other entity to come through for us. And what if they don't? 
Are you willing to have your family staring you in the face, wanting to know what to do because they are in a desperate situation that could have been avoided or not, as bad because you weren't man enough to make some decisions and get off your butt? People always ask, what if I prepare and nothing happens? Well, I say that is good. You don't really want anything to happen. You don't want terrorists to hack the electric grid and be without power for however long. You don't want the economy to tank and possibly lose your job. You don't want the drought in California to affect the food supply so much that you forego buying fruit because it is too expensive. You don't want any of that stuff to happen. But if it does, you want to be ready. Being prepared doesn't mean you go buy a lot of camo, guns, and go out into the woods. Being prepared or living a prepared lifestyle just means you live responsibly by planning, thinking ahead, and putting some things back for a rainy day. There are so many aspects to it, and each family is going to be different. But failing to plan and prepare is setting your family up to fail. You will tell, you will tell that my letter below is a lot softer than what I've written above. Back then, I didn't want to freak people out. I wanted them to think critically. But now, I think people need a wake-up call. After you read the letter below, I would be happy to answer any questions or point you to resources that can explain your question in better detail. Peace, Todd, July 2015. An open letter to family and friends. I'm writing this letter because I care about you. Please take a few minutes to read it and think about what I'm saying. Why the letter? Our lives are crazy. We take care of our family, work, eat, play, chauffeur, pay the bills, etc. When we have a little bit of free time, we like to just veg in front of the TV and watch some brain-numbing pictures flicker across the screen. We can go at it like this for days, weeks, and even months, not knowing what is going on in the world outside our local community and just get by with the talk around the water cooler. And when we talk, and when we take life in these little chunks, separate blocks of our time and attention, it seems a little bit more manageable. We move from one task, event, errand, chore to the other. The problem is when we look at our lives from a big picture perspective. What if our lives all of a sudden changed? What if the stress of the day came bearing down at you all at once? How could this happen? This can easily happen during an emergency. I'm not talking about your son just stuffed his G.I. Joe down the toilet or the dog is out of food emergency. I'm talking about the big stuff. The big emergency is the one that stops you in your tracks. It can be personal, based in your local community or worldwide, but it is the one that everything else stops and and all resources and energy are put towards it. The problem is that most people are not prepared for the big one. Are you and your family, most people, do you have an emergency fund for financial emergencies? Do you have insurance for medical emergencies? Do you have food and water if there is a food supply transportation emergency? Do you have other means of cooking and preparing your food if utilities weren't available? Do you have first aid supplies and extra medicine on hand? Do you have basic skills that could help you? Fire starting, water purification, gardening, first aid, etc. This is the whole reason for my letter. I want to help you see the importance of being prepared and to start being more self-reliant. It's not too hard, but it does take time, planning, and effort. But then again, what would the time, planning, and effort that you put in ahead of time be worth in the middle of an emergency? You'll be glad you did. Action steps. Make a plan. What are you prepping for? What needs to be done? Don't look at the magnitude of the plan. That can, be, that can be overwhelming. Take it in chunks. In reality, you will never be prepared. You, cannot, you can be not prepared or overly prepared, but never perfectly prepared. 
Consider the basics, financial, medical, etc., but also keep in mind your region of the country, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, fires, etc. Set goals. When do you want blank accomplished? A. Get a three-day supply of food, then move to a three-week supply. Revisit insurance, houses, vehicle, medical, life, etc. Think about home and personal security. Start an emergency fund, three to six months of expenses. Start a garden. Take a class, first aid, sewing, gardening, firearm, wilderness survival. Watch some videos on YouTube, search preparedness. Read blogs and articles on preparedness and prepping. Get, it, get active, go meet your goals. Warning, the world of preparedness prepping can be a, an addictive one. It can suck you in, mess with your emotions, and get you seeing the world in the fragile state that, is, that it is in. It is also best to approach preparedness within community. You, should, you shouldn't go it alone if no one else is willing. I'm sorry, you should go it alone if no one else is willing. Eventually, they will realize that you are right, even if that is in the midst of a storm. It is not in the scope of this letter to discuss all the possible emergency scenarios that you should prepare for. But outside of regional natural disasters, it is important to me to briefly mention our global situation. Things outside our local community have gone from bad to worse. At first, we might not care about what is going on in some Asian or European country, but the fact is that we are all tied into each other now. What happens over there affects, affects us over here. There are many end-of-the-world-as-we-know-it type scenarios out there. One such scenario is an economic collapse. Someone recently replied to me and said, Yes, times can get hard, but we have been through it before during the Great Depression. The fact is that it was different this time. Our country didn't have the debt that we have now, and... If for some reason the world loses faith in our government's ability to pay its debts, we are up the creek. It really isn't too far-fetched to imagine this happening if you look into it. The concern has gone beyond the foil, before, beyond the foil hat people. Just research it. Please take this letter seriously. If you prepare and don't need it, the worst is that you have some food. Food costs are going up. Buy now at cheaper prices and other supplies. But if you ever find you are in a position that you do need it, you are you and your loved ones will be glad you were prepared. All right, so I had, I do have a lot of links in this article. Um, if you wanted to go check that one out, um, and then also if you wanted to just share it out as well. Like I said, I think I'm going to go ahead and do that again. I shared it out a couple of times in the past, but I'm going to go ahead and share it out again uh, on social media. So. Um, like I said before, uh, you know, I, I wanted to just hang with me just a few more minutes. This is episode 100, and uh, just you know, wanted wanted to say a few words. Um, our, the first official episode was in February was February 19th, 2017. So I mean, it was this year, but it it you know when you talk when you say 100 episodes is like man, it, it, it does seem like a while back. Um, but you realize it was only February, uh, but you're, you know, we've been doing it every single day or every weekday, uh, you know, five times a week. Uh, it's, it's been great fun. So I'm very thankful. I wanted to say a, a, a big thanks to the many websites who have given me permission to read their articles in whole. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, I th I've only had one, one website uh, you know, say no to me. Everybody else has been so grateful, and uh, you can see that I'm always adding new websites, uh, you know, all the time. And so as I, you know, as we come across new ones or, or you know, what have you on on Prepper website, uh, you know, I'm sending out a, an email like, hey, you know, uh, 
are you interested in, in allowing me to read your articles? And everyone has been so grateful. So I really, really do appreciate that. And if you would, uh, if you, like I said, if you're, if you're receiving value, just, you know, please go to those websites, visit them. And like, you know, I always tell you that there's links there and, uh, you know, you can go check out uh, their websites and, and go to their links. Um, and uh, if you if you want to take the time uh, to send them a little thank you, you know, hey, uh, I, you know, I heard about your website or I heard about this article from the Prepper Website podcast that uh, that's always that will be a blessing for them as well. I wanted to also thank you, the listeners, for for all the the, you know, for listening and for all the feedback that you have provided to me. Uh, you know, I get emails uh, all the time. People leave comments. People hit me up on social media. And uh, I really do appreciate that. Uh, it means it means the world to me because uh, if I was doing this, I mean, we there, there's a decent amount of subscribers out there. Uh, and um, you know, I'm in one. I'm in a Facebook group where people have been doing, you know, po- podcasting. You know, they'll have 20, 30 episodes, and uh, there's not a lot of people listening. And uh, I feel very grateful to all of you who are listening because and those of you who are sticking with me, um, you know, because it does. It, it 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 does take time to do it. I don't, you know, if there was nobody listening, I'm like, you know, why would I want to do it? Um, but uh, you know, there are people out there listening, and I do really, I'm really appreciative of all of those that are that are listening to the podcast and sharing it out and letting other people know about it and leaving reviews. Um, you know, that that's that's great, and I, I really you know appreciate that people that are promoting the podcast out there in the preparedness community and on social media. So I hope to continue, continue to keep doing this. Uh, it, it does take up more time than I initially thought. Uh, I thought I had it down, and part of that is because uh, I, I'm just talking so much now. I guess maybe I've become a little bit more comfortable uh, on the microphone and just kind of talking uh, out there. And so uh, I, I am going a little bit longer, it seems like. I was trying to keep it 20, 30 minutes, but I am going a little bit longer. But uh, I am enjoying it. I do uh, I do enjoy doing this every evening. It's it's uh, Actually, I, I get off of... Uh, uh, recording and it's I'm on a little high actually so when it's really really late uh, and I've had some re- I've had some really late nights more than than uh, you know I'd like to uh, to admit but I've had some really late nights but sometimes and sometimes it is hard to go to bed because I'm coming off of this high and uh, you know finishing up and, and going to bed but uh, I really enjoy it I really love doing it and uh, and all that I wanted to, to do a little quick um, just a, a little piece on you know the way that I I end the the episode or every podcast is with the word peace, and uh, I think it was maybe like the second week of recording. Uh, I m- one of my sons was I, I recorded in the kitchen because this is my my office. The kitchen table was my office. I gave up my office a long time ago, and uh, I ended it and I said the word peace, and he looked at me like like what what are you saying? And uh, you know I ended it and uh, he said, did you just really say peace like peace out? And I'm like, no man, it's not like peace out. It it's like peace shalom, uh, and and the word shalom. Uh, peace, that word peace, does not mean the absence of war. It means wholeness. And so when I end it in that, I'm, I'm coming from my spiritual, my spiritual side, the spiritual perspective, my faith. But I'm hoping and I'm desiring for you, for those of you who are listening, that you would be whole. 
that you would be whole in uh, you know in your preparedness, that you would be whole in your life, uh, that you would be whole in in your faith. Uh, you can be the world can be crashing down around you. You could be in a collapse scenario. You can be in a, you know uh, an SHTF uh, situation just for you for yourself, right? But you can have shalom. You can have that peace. You can have that wholeness because you're tied to something bigger than yourself. And uh, so that's my desire for you. Uh, and that's my prayer for you as, as you listen. And that's why I close it out that way. So uh, as always, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.